0: Welcome to a brand new show series here on the Fantasy Football Card Quest. Of course, my name is Andy AC, the SP Daddy. However you know me, I'm here joined by Sean from Raven Invest. And we don't even have a name for this show yet. We're not exactly sure what it's going to be called. We've had some... My idea is Code Breakers. As you can see, we're under the water here. We're chasing after the Quest Shark in the Quest submarine, trying to decipher some code. And the code is... All the data from Pro Football Focus, from the Pro Football Hall of Fame, from Player Profiler, uh, Advanced Fantasy Analytics, and all of the data that we pull from eBay, ComC, StarStock—all the nuances and complexities in the card game. So we're here to really get down in the weeds and the nitty-gritty with some plays. And the one thing that I, I want to start out with at asking you, Sean is about your your budgeting strategy because the one thing that i hear you talk about in the discord and the one thing that i've heard you talk about over the past year is the fact that you're okay investing in some of these long-term very speculative investments and 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 base cards as long as you get at the right entry point because you're the because of the way you're budgeting your money
1: exactly like Everything that I put into this is what I what I would say consider throwaway money. Um, it's going to be money that is not for my bills, it's not for my kids. It's not earmarked for anything, but just whatever I want to spend it on. And I just happen to choose to spend it on cards, which means that there's no pressure. There's no stress to sell anything. The only pressure I have is because I don't have a lot of money. So if I want to buy more cards, some cards do have to sell. But there's no stress. I'm not. If I walk away right now, I get a whole bunch of cards, and I'm I'm just as happy as as selling selling them. Um, I do I do enjoy it. it. It's almost a hobby for me to figure out the code of buying and selling, you know, and, and things like that. And I'm doing it on a budget, so I have to no choice to do with the lower end base cards, and you know that that's where the deals are. That's what fits into my budget. So I I think. Uh, base cards are still a, a relevant play. It just depends on what, what price you're buying them at. And I think um, if you can get them out in quantities, they'll make up for uh, some of the bigger cards that uh, I can't target because of my budget. So, um, yeah, definitely that it, it, it eases a lot of pressure. I don't have to worry about, um, oh, am I going to sell this? I have to get this, you know, this $100 back or, you know, I'm going to be short on something or, you know... I I don't have a lot to play in the game, but what I do have is just is allowed to go out there and, and do whatever. Well, that's why I'm able to put everything back in when I do sell a card uh, back in to buy more cards. You know, uh, I'm also yeah. uh, also been able to pick up over 200 uh, PC cards um, over the course of it all using profits that I had. Now they're not expensive cards or anything like that, but they're they're cards that mean a lot to me because they're they're what I want to hold on to and collect.
0: Yeah, I think you make two really good, important points there. And one is that you're not spending any any money that you don't have. You're not spending any money that you would otherwise be spending on your lunch, your dinner, put food on the table, any of your bills, yeah, yeah. anything like that. So it's really opened up. And And the other thing is that I think that you mentioned is that you're still investing in base cards, but... Okay like you said, it's so important about which the the price point at which you get in it. And mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of the the buys that you've made. You recently showed some Mike White's that you've sold. You recently mm-hmm. showed uh, some other guys that you sold that, that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes and other guys mm-hmm. that you're investing in that you're getting in at, at pennies on the dollar, but your ROI is still around a hundred percent. Is that mm-hmm. safe to say?
1: That is absolutely, yeah. That's my goal is to the hundred uh, percent ROI. That's where I, I I price my cards at, and because I've been strictly on Com C, um, it has a lot to do with the positioning. Obviously, it's the the race to the bottom of the list kind of thing is usually the goal of everybody. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's been going good so far. So.
0: That's excellent. And so that's an important, another important point you make guys. Sean is not in the United States. He is in Canada. So he's dealing with the struggles of being outside the United States. And like he's mentioned before in the discord, he might as well be in Australia. He might as well be in Belgium with our Belgian brother, Martin, you know, because he has to deal with the same U.S. customs and the same uh, limitations when it comes to the mailing system. And when it comes to the the marketplaces that he has to deal with so he does a lot on comp c. he's he's but he's certainly using these marketplaces against each other including stars.com c and ebay using services that we're going to talk about in in future episodes such as ship my cards and so we're going to we're going to talk about this plus we're going to give you guys uh some of our really interesting plays right now plus uh, we're going to present all the the data and the evidence uh, and advanced analytics around why we think these guys are great plays. And then some of the cards that we're targeting for them. And as you guys know, I've focused uh, so much lately on higher end cards on eBay. So that's kind of where I'm going to look at. But we're definitely going to put these um, platforms against each other because Sean has such an in-depth knowledge on C. And um, so this, this is going to be exciting. If you guys have a, a recommendation for a show name, we'd love to hear it. We've got, Absolutely, you know, the yeah. card geek. We've got the geek huddle. We've got cutting the comps from 402 collectibles. Uh, I thought about the code breakers. So we're, we're currently accepting, um, you know, ideas for the show name, but we're going to continue to roll with it and just provide you guys with information and value so you can make uh, more educated decisions and, uh, and have more fun. You know, like like Sean said, build your collections with profits that you make from cards that you invest in. And sometimes you've got to start way early in your investing. Right, Sean? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, As I was saying to you the other uh, the other day when we were chatting, I don't know if I could actually go into my bank account and take five hundred dollars out and buy a card like that would be a struggle for me. Um, I've only done it once and, uh, I, I shared it in the discord is when I bought that one to one star Wars card. That's the only Man. time that I've not, I've gone into my bank account now it was still extra money. It wasn't any bill money or anything like that. Uh, but I went in and I, I, I took the money out for that one-on-one. Um, but I, I, like, I don't know if I could go in, like I, I'd have no problem buying a $500 card if I had a five dollars uh, you know, hundred dollar balance on, on Calm C from selling cards. But to go in to pull the cash out of my bank, I'm still living in the, you know, the, the junk wax, the nineties when I was a kid where, you know, $20, $30 cards are like, you know, like they're sitting up on the Holy grail kind of thing. You know, I'm still, you know, and that, and I think that's why I took to like the, the budgetary, the lower end stuff that, you know, um, because that's, that's more in my comfort zone. That's more, um, what what I'm feeling right now with the, uh, you know, Uh, the level of money that I'm able to put in so
0: yeah and and like we've seen the the further you go back in time and depending on the price point you get in at these base cards can still be very much viable especially from the premium sets like prism and optic and on donrus and stuff like that so I'm very interested uh Sean tonight this is we're recording this Thursday night I think this is the first time the Baltimore Ravens you can see Sean's got purple power, yeah. Pur- purple all o- all over the place. There, purple Friday. Uh, also, Happy yep. Veterans Day to any any veterans out of there out there. Uh, we really appreciate your service to our country. Yes. Or if you're a veteran um, and you have served for Canada or any country mm-hmm. in the world, I think that's a very noble cause and um, a very noble sacrifice. So we thank you. But Sean. Your Ravens play tonight against the Miami Maybe. Dolphins. How are you feeling about this game?
1: Uh, you know what? To be honest with you, um, normally I would think that the way that Miami's playing and their record and stuff like that, that it should be you know, a pretty pretty easy game. Um, but, man, this year, every every game is down to the wire. I'm on the edge of my seat for every game. They've been in like three overtimes this year. You know that first Las Vegas game where they they were came back. They had no shot to even even win the game, and all of a sudden they intercepted it. And you know, like it. it so I'm not I'm not trying to make any kind of predictions for it or anything like that. I'm just gonna sit and watch and and you know watch Lamar because he's he's one of my favorite things to do is to watch him play. And you know I hold my breath a lot of times when he when he plays because he's just so uh, you know that Konami code that you talk about its just like watching, mm. you know, Madden kind of thing. But um yeah, I, the, this is the, see the, the problem with the Ravens I've noticed over the years is that the games that they're not supposed to win, they always show up for and, and they're closer than they should be, but they, they struggle with the games that they should win the obvious games. Like they've, you know, um, a couple of years back, they were, uh, Miami was the beat them to to break their um to win this streak uh for that year kind of thing. You know, like they always seem to the games that they should win, they have trouble winning, but the games that they are uh, they love, I guess, being the underdogs. They all they love that underdog role kind of thing. Mm. So that's kind of the, the way that they've had that uh, you know, over the years kind of thing. So
0: well, they're eight-point favorites going into tonight's game. And right now I'm sharing my screen on the QB data analysis. And you can see Lamar Jackson right here. I'm going to highlight him because I want to point out a couple things that he's done really well. So if we were to filter by uh, passing yards, which I did that the wrong way, (laughs) Uh, filter by passing yards, he's in the top 10 for passing. You could take this guy out. That's a a dash is kind of providing there an anomaly. Uh, But let's resort it. He's in the numbered ninth spot for total passing yards this season. So a top 10. QB in the air and then you go and you look at his rushing productivity he's got 97 carries on the season so there's those carries you talk about you filter out by carries Mm -hmm. he's got the most carries in the league ahead of Jalen Hurts 97 I mean this is the most carries by a long shot I think Um,
1: he's like seventh and and rushing for like everybody like I think he's uh
0: yeah, if we were to look at rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, yeah. I, I didn't add that to does, the sheet because it would have yeah, added more columns.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have the touchdowns, though. He's, he's not got the rushing touchdowns at the other. The others do, but he's got the, the yards.
0: One thing I wanted yeah. to look at was his clean pocket. So this column right here, this column I am looking at right here is clean pocket percentage. And, yeah, we've got some outliers here that haven't taken many snaps and haven't played much. So... There's either NAs or 100. So if we come down, I mean, he's not in the top 10, but he is in the top 20. And last year, this was something that he struggled with. And this has always mm-hmm. been like a knock on Lamar. But this year, he's really connected well with Marquise Brown. And now you've got Rashad Bateman, who's, who's healthy and in there and has looked mm-hmm. like he's going to pay off as that first round draft pick. Um, so I'm really excited to see because... Miami also has a good secondary. I'm really excited to see what uh, Rashad Bateman and Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, can get going. Even Sammy hmm. Watkins, Sammy Watkins, has tremendous breakout potential as well. Even though yeah. he's getting, you know, up there in age a little bit more. Uh, but this is some some really interesting. But I and and, and we've talked about. It. I just talked about this with Carter the other day, comparing Lamar Jackson's prices to Josh Allen's prices to Baker Mayfield prices in the same draft year. He is at value. Are you in? Are you currently investing in any Lamar Jackson uh, rated uh, rookies or base uh, prisons or anything? I,
1: I I I would. I just don't ever have enough in my account. <laughs> I mean, they're still at the. They're still right above my my. But I even uh, actually started to look at some like uh, maybe the score rookies because I think even even though even though they're not pro jerseys, if the player's good enough, they'll they'll. You know, and if you're getting again, if you're getting them at a good value, it doesn't. Uh, you know, you know, if you buy them at ten dollars and they end up being, you know, forty dollars, you're still forexing your value, even though it's only a forty dollar card instead of a four hundred dollar card, right? That's the the you know, um, but it's still. Actually I actually have one coming back. Probably should be another week or two from PGX, uh, the the rated rookie I pulled with my son. Um, I got it graded and it's on its way back there. I got the message. Um, I think it was a couple days ago, uh, that they, they shipped it out and it's uh I think it's left the US, but you know, we'll see how long it takes to get here.
0: I think prepared. that's a wonderful card to have, man. It's got the yeah. no helmet effect. It's 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 a wonderful card to have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is I incredible, mean, that's, man. Looking $30 at the dollars total... compared to $70 or $60 for Josh Allen. For a guy That's who's half, won an MVP, half. and he's won an MVP. He hasn't won a Super Bowl, but neither is Josh Allen.
0: Well, and, and look at the total QBR. So the total quarterback rating, factoring all these things in, the accuracy, the efficiency, mm-hmm. the productivity. The, it, he's got it just, I mean, very close, right? Josh Allen, 57.4, mm-hmm. but Lamar Jackson, 58. And he had a better college QBR than Josh Allen. He was also the youngest player to win the Heisman Trophy. He's also got an MVP under his belt from 2019. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, he's got a few less passing touchdowns, but he makes up for it in, in rushing. I just think that they shouldn't be that far apart. Uh, and no. I think that you're going to see a Baltimore-Buffalo um, game in the playoffs. And I wouldn't be shocked if, if the Baltimore Ravens come out ahead. I know there's some guys out there in the Discord, Jason and mm-hmm. Lenny, that uh, are going to be upset that I said that. But I think it's going to be a very close game. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens come out ahead. You just never know, especially if Josh Allen plays like he did last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Uh, uh, we're finding ways to win. They're not pretty. They're not. We're not necessarily blowing guys out like we did in 2019. But we're winning games. You know, we're winning games when we need to. You know, we're winning on the, you know, that last drive of the game to to get Tucker out in a field goal or kicking the longest field goal ever made in a NFL game to win a game you know things like that so i I don't mind that they're not blowing up they're not the tie the highest ranking as I said they play better when they're the underdogs they seem to have the love having that chip on their shoulder you know they want to go out and prove I think that's uh, could be a reason why. They they didn't have that that groove in 2020. Uh, you know some injuries, a few key injuries helped out uh, with that, of course. But um, I think they they didn't have that under uh, underdog. You know, um, everybody came into 2019 um, when he won his MVP. He was starting. They didn't know how he was going to be. That you know the the dual threat quarterback was was you know still not not as you know not as prevalent as it was, you know, and they were the underdogs. They, nobody gave them a chance. Nobody thought that, you know, nobody thought that they were going to have the season that they had. Right. So that when 2020, when they didn't have the season that they had that expectation, you know, because they were already expected to be high level team. So when they're expected to be a high level team, they don't have the underdog role. They don't seem to play as well. Mm. You know, that, and it's, it goes back even to like Ray Lewis and, and Terrell Suggs and you hear them in their pregame huddle hyping the guys up, you know, you know, just talking about having that chip on their shoulder happen. You know, they talk about us in the the media and, or they, they, they you know, we'll show them kind of deal. You know, I've heard Ray say that about a gazillion times to the guys in the huddle before games when they, they put in the, the game. So.
0: Very true. I feel the same way about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and, you look at the um, the touchdown statistics. We were just looking at Tom Brady right up there with the most touchdowns this year mm-hmm. with Matt Stafford, and we're coming off a bye week. We're coming off an ugly loss, and we're playing the Washington football team this week. But mm-hmm. all right, we got to stop talking about our teams because we're here mm-hmm. to give our plays right now. Yeah. And some of these plays, like we talked about, because we've got money aside that we've been generating from our profits, but even from the very beginning, it was money that we would have otherwise spent on – you know, entertainment, flighting entertainment, yep. I guess you could say, like, exactly, you know, any yep. money you would have spent on a video game or an extra pizza or an extra, you know, yep. bowl. I just, you know, all those little things add up and then you can translate that into investing and collecting sports cards, football cards specifically. It's what we do here all day, every day. It's so much fun. I'm going to go ahead yeah. and give you the screen, Sean, and let you share. I know you got a couple guys that are screaming out at you that, that you're buying super low right now, and I want you to present the evidence around why you're buying them and what you're seeing in the market.
1: Okay, so let me switch
0: over here. I got... And I'm going to do some fancy stuff with the layout here. Well, boing, there we like go. That.
1: Okay, so the first guy that I, that I wanted to talk about and, and look at was DeAndre Swift. And I know um, Detroit is... Pre- Pretty much a dumpster fire right now. They're they're not going anywhere. They'll be lucky if they win a game this year. Uh, I I I posted a meme in the chat, uh, the Discord chat this week, and it showed a picture of all the disappointing losses this week, and it showed a score of the bye week twenty seven Detroit twenty six score. <laughs> so that just shows you how how bad they are. So DeAndre Swift, I don't know, is necessarily a a, a guy that's going to be. Um, higher value right now, he is definitely somebody that I'm looking at for the future. Um, so if we look at bring, uh, we got his, uh, player profiler, uh, profile brought up here. And first thing that stands out is, is his best comparables, uh, MJ, MJD, uh, which I mm-hmm. think was a very, very good running back. Uh, I'm not sure if he's quite on that hall of fame level, but he's pretty close, I guess. Um, but still that, that, I think that's a great comparison. Um, now unfortunately in Detroit, a running back position uh, running the ball is not happening very much this year. Um, they're running maybe you know at 10, 10 times a game, 15 times a game and the rest of the time they're just playing from behind and they're passing. So we're not getting a lot of um, rushing from uh, DeAndre Swift but what we are getting is a lot of pass catching from him, mm. and that ties into actually the second guy that I was talking about, or going to talk about is his teammate T.J. Hawkinson. So while we're on the player profile, I'll just I'll, I'll talk about him on here. So his best comparable is obviously Travis Kelsey. So he's the number one guy in the in the tight end investment in the tight end player in, in the league. Um, so his comparable. Obviously is a good thing Um, again, but he's, he's stuck on a team that's going nowhere. So they're not, they're not very big. uh, They don't have a very big media presence. Um, A lot of people don't want to watch them. They're not going to get a lot of primetime games. So they're going to be out of people's eyes. They're not going to be in focus. And I think personally, that's great times to buy players. You just don't reap any of that benefits right away. Um, but if you look at some of the statistics of the two, I've got them highlighted here. I don't know if you can see them here. They are 14th and 15th in, uh, receptions. Um, so they're, they're getting the ball a lot. Um, those two and for Swift being a running back that, that is to be 15th in the receptions list for a running back is like Marshall folk kind of reception level. You know, like he's going to catch a, you know, has a chance to catch a hundred balls this year. Yeah,
0: you know, you know what's it, wild, Sean, is I'm looking at the RB and uh, analytics that I pulled from Player Profiler mm-hmm. early. Uh, DeAndre Swift is number two in the NFL right now in total receiving yards, only behind mm-hmm. Cordell Patterson, and mm-hmm. he's actually. Number three in yards created, which yards created is a really interesting stat because it's basically the yards that a running back creates after the initial uh, block at the line of scrimmage. So once they get through that initial hole at the line of scrimmage, how many additional yards are they creating on their own? And DeAndre Swift is number three in the league at yards created with 558 behind Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Jer- Derrick Henry is now mm-hmm. going to be out for the next you know, five to 9 weeks something like that and so he's right there with Jonathan Taylor and then he's number 3 in the league at receiving yards so this guy is showing some incredible explosive ability what are you what are you seeing for him in terms of rookie cards are you um do you want yeah, to throw I, up your comp see I got
1: I got a couple here there so I I, I nice. tried to to get a, a few comparisons here so if we look at um Jonathan Taylor who's pretty much I didn't want to go back previous years because it's a lot harder with the 2020 select being uh, retail and uh, to go back and compare it to other non-retail sets. So I wanted to kind of keep it within this set just to kind of give it the, uh, the most accurate comparison, I guess. So even 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 the amounts here, like look, we uh, for the Jonathan Taylor, we have five of them on Com right now, and they're going for seven seven dollars to uh, ten dollars, nine ninety nine. Um, if you look over at DeAndre Swift, now there is there is quite a a, a bit more, but you can also um, see that they're quite a bit lower than. Um, Taylor, uh, even going on, oh, it locked me out. So I've lost the actual price there, but, um, as you can see, there' are quite, quite a bit of difference, almost double the cost, uh, for quite a, you know, you can buy mm. 15 or 20 of them at less than double the, the cost of what you can get for the, the Jonathan Taylor. And I, I know that that reason being is because he's not, he's in Detroit. He's not as, as popular, um, he's not getting as much attention as um, even Jonathan Taylor being that he was the top back um, from pretty much the get from whatever, from any point that I've seen, he was the number one running back from that 2020 class card wise. Uh, Clyde Lair Lair uh, came close for the, for the, the amount, like uh, what the, the level that they're selling, but he's always been the, the, the highest su- since I've seen. and, um, with DeAndre Swift, I think he is just a good – I think I think he's a top 10 running back, easy top 10, maybe even top seven running back in the league. The problem is he's not getting a chance to showcase. He's become a basically a wide receiver out of the backfield. So I think that's going to draw attention away from him. And uh, I'm good now. Maybe you could look at some ha- uh, higher-end uh, cards here. Um, yeah, I'm going to pull some up thrift. here in
0: just a few minutes um, right. on eBay. I've got yeah. some pulled up uh, that I'll yeah. share here in just a I'm second. I'm going to
1: quick s- sign in for a second there. Oh, it's going to because there's a
0: couple. There's a couple um, like higher end gold standard. <laughs> I use that word actually, gold standard. But I also have gold cards pulled up, and I want to compare those prices mm-hmm. against Jonathan Taylor gold cards mm-hmm. and look at the difference. But the other card that I consider as like the mid to high. And gold standard card now for the marketplace, you guys hear me talk about all the time, and that's the rookie ticket auto. So, I want to compare Mm. those prices of his, uh, real quick as well.
1: Okay, and I did the kind of the same thing, um, with uh, Hawk and uh, Travis Kelsey. So, right, like you're looking Mm. at like Kel, and and again, they're they're uh, Kelsey's cards are, are quite a few years older and probably uh, definitely more rare than um the 2019 tj hawkinson cards but at least um the select was not was still a hobby only so that gives it a little bit of uh, a scarcity but if you look at here the kelsey tops the base tops from 2013 is at 540 Mm -hmm. but the pair the field level non are still only hobby uh only 2019 Mm it's selling from three three four five or three dollars for five dollars six dollars
0: kind of thing i love Um, the design of that 2019 i did and that's a
1: beautiful car and even even there's there's more silver field levels than there is the base field levels on calm C right now so if there that seems to be maybe that might even be a higher price than would have been Maybe even a few weeks ago, like maybe somebody came in and bought a, a few of them. Uh, I haven't had any sales this quarter, but there was uh, four sales last quarter, um, previous quarter to this. So, but I just think, like, for how um, how many uh, Travis Kelsey tops base cards are, and they're still going uh, for five or six dollars, and a super rare TJ Hawkinson field level. Even just the base field level at 2019 is still pretty rare. Is going for less than that, and I I know Kelsey's the the king dog of the tight end market. I don't think Hawkinson's that far behind. With and I mean like his comparable is still Kelsey, right? So his best athletic comparable is is the guy that. You know, we're comparing them to kind of thing. So
0: yeah, and, and Jared Goff can throw the ball if he gets protection. He's just not very mobile. But he w- he was able to lead the Rams to a Super Bowl. You know, mm. um, a lot of people forget well, that. Detroit's not a good
1: team, so <laughs> I mean, Detroit. Yeah, not, yeah. You I mean, know, it Rams. comes down
0: to play calling and getting Goff protection. But Hawkinson, mm. his athletic profile, he's such an incredible receiver, and and he has been putting up um, some pretty good fantasy points this year. I like I like his athletic profile a lot as well.
1: Well, the one thing that stood out for me with the numbers there is this catch percentage. They are um, there's two guys that are have a higher cap, uh, catch percentage than Hawkinson. He's at seventy five. Cole Beasley at seventy six, and Hunter Renfrew at seventy five percent. The DeAndre Swift is 82.5. So he's catching over 80% of the balls that are thrown to him, which is, you know, like Kelsey's mark is at 68%. So now that probably doesn't take into fact uh, the quarterback. Like if the quarterback overthrows a guy, does that, that doesn't count as a catch? You know what I mean? That I would, I would assume that counts in that percentage. So we know Jeff uh, or uh, Jared Goff's not more accurate than than Mahomes, but he's he's catching up. Like those two just kind of really stuck out um, as stats to look at the seventy five percent and eighty two percent catch percentage. So they're catching a lot of stuff that that's their uh, majority of the stuff that's thrown their way, and it's a lot. Whoops! So far behind.
0: <laughs> I accidentally. Uh... There we go. I was yeah. trying to share. I was trying to share my screen, but I didn't mean to remove you there. No, no, man. No it wasn't actually removing Sean from the show for all of his statistics and analytics, because this is the show where we break the code, man. Yeah. So I've got I've got eBay pulled up and right here we're looking at the recently sold DeAndre Swift rookie ticket autos right off the bat. I'm seeing a lovely color match on card. Rookie ticket auto here from the optic contender set sold for $33.69, numbered out of 99. Like that, I'd be licking my chops if I got that. Also, this one, just the base rookie ticket auto mm-hmm. with the on card auto, has got mm-hmm. a great color match on it. And this is this is on card auto, $21.50. This is like pre Marquez Callaway levels, and there's just so much potential in this card because boink, I switch over and show you what the same exact card. I exactly. uh, hear from it. Jonathan Taylor just sold for two days ago a hundred and something dollars. I'm not at one thirty point, but someone accepted the offer from one hundred thirty. I'm guessing they probably at least took a hundred dollars. So we're talking his his rookie ticket autos are looks like they're going on average five times as much. Here's one that went in an auction, and we know that's the beauty of always watching auctions because you could mm-hmm. always get one that ends on a Monday mid-morning when you're you know it's like the worst time to end an auction and and you can capitalize so here but still even like at the worst time to end an auction there's still the jonathan taylor's are ending at uh 86 dollars and four times
1: uh, four times what the other ones are
0: four times four times what the jonathan the the um uh deandre swift is is ending for like consistently like uh auctions look at these auctions how low they're going so Like you said, if you've got the capital, put it put aside for long term and this is your play money. Why not? These are wonderful, rare cards to add to your collection. And then long term, let's say next year as we come into the season, just on hype alone, because people are reflecting on how good DeAndre Swift did uh, this year in fantasy PPR leagues. He's absolutely a monster. You want him Mm -hmm. in your RB one, two slot and next year. You want to parlay that with getting his rookie cards. These are the cards that you want right here. And and with how cheap they are, this is an easy $60, $80 card at Mm -hmm. uh, peak levels.
1: Yeah, even if you sell it under what the tailor sells for, you're still making a ton of profit.
0: Look at this one, dude. I've been looking more and more at these golds because almost all these golds are numbered out of 10 or less. And like, oh my God, look how sexy that card is right there.
1: Yeah, that's a nice looking card for sure
0: and and then i go to jonathan taylor's um i was looking at his some of his gold stuff this is some gold stuff there's a gold club level that was 150 i actually think that there's some value to be had on some of these um some of mm-hmm. these gold cards but there's a gold uh, ba- donruss optic out of 10 psa 9 720 in an auction i just think yeah there's there's a ton of value i mean definitely uh, the thing is
1: you're just going to have to wait until either he gets on a, a better team or Detroit gets their act together, right? Because they're more likely going to have the number one pick next year. Um, I know, you know, maybe some other teams will have their say in it, but um, uh, he's definitely, they, they're de- so I'm assuming they're going to get a quarterback and hopefully they can, or draft somebody to help that team. Because, I mean, they, they have not drafted very well over the last couple of years. They've had some, some hits and some hits of course with swift and i even like um amosim uh uh i can never remember his name
0: <laughs> amon ra st brown
1: yes that's it <laughs> um i like he's he's actually playing uh, pretty well in, under consideration i mean swift and uh, hawkinson are getting a, a, a vast majority of the the touches in detroit but he's still playing pretty well and his um rated rookies are um you know, on ComSeer in the 50 60 cent range. So I've, I've even wow. picked up a few of his incredible because uh, I think they could be if they take a quarterback next year. Uh, Hawkinson's 24, Swift's 22. The quarterback's going to be young, Brown, St. Brown's going to be young. They got a nice little young core in there if they can get the right guy and the right people to to um, around the meaning like uh, coaches and, you know, they, uh, they drafted Sewell this year, so they got their left tackle, you know, um, a couple of, uh, you know, good draft pick, uh, good drafts in there. And they're, they're back into to business, you know,
0: I love it. I'm looking at the price of TJ Hawkinson right now on his rookie ticket, <laughs> 40, 40, around $40. I still definitely think that's at value. Definitely see his like elevated over, you know, uh, a backup tight end um, like a foster Moreau, yeah. you know somebody's like well that, that's the thing you know. is there's
1: that that top end tight end is is very scary like you you know like the drop off i i feel like you get those four maybe six guys and then the drop off is really big between the next level of guys right but i still think hawkinson has not been pushed up into that card group of those top top guys
0: yeah, here's the, here's the, um, the tight in data analysis. So first, shorted by share, T- T- Hawkinson's on the field 82% of the time. That's good. That, that's in up with Cole Komet, Travis Kelsey, Noah Fant, Darren Waller, Higby, and Kittle. That's fantastic. So he's an elite company in, in terms of being on the field. In terms of uh, targets, Hawkinson's even higher on the food chain. He's top three in targets. In terms of air yards, air yards are a really good thing to look at anytime you're looking at any type of, of receiving weapon because, this it, it takes into account all the targets whether they're received or not the distance of all intended targets. Um, so TJ Hawkinson right there at number six for air yards. Uh, total touchdowns only two. This is probably where he's gonna fall yes, further that, back yeah. down the cool. list here at number sixteen. Yeah, with only two touchdowns. Um, receiving yards, he's going to now jump back up to number six in total receiving yards. It's yards after catchability, which is another good stat to look at. He's number twelve, all with
1: Jared uh, Goff throwing to him.
0: All with all with right? Jared Goff throwing right? to him. Like
1: that's what he got to remember. If you look the the six guys ahead of him, Mahomes, um, Lamar Jackson, you know Derek Carr, you know there's a lot of guys throwing throwing better balls than Jared Goff, and he's he's catching. That's where I think that. 76% catch rate or catch percentages coming into play there you've seen that he's catching more balls than everybody else he may not you know uh, or, or he's catching a lot of a uh, higher percentage of uh, more than everybody else which is keeping him in the running there but
0: yeah this is also a very interesting t- statistic to look at too Sean this is his contested catch rate and a lot of these guys you have to filter out because They're at 100 percent because they probably only caught one pass this year. You know, look at the amount of targets. So you kind of have to filter out some of these anomalies and Mm -hmm. we'll refine the sheet This is something, you know, we're going to pull fresh statistics every week. We can look at their their current production and find things that people, you know, our our goal is to give you tomorrow's news today and give you the edge and get you ahead. Mm -hmm. So you can buy rookie ticket autos for twenty, thirty dollars before they're 80 to a hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? Um, And contested catch rate is basically means he's dominating at the point of catch. He's up there with Fryermuth, who's doing a great job, Komet, Jimmy Graham. Um, So, you know, some elite tight ends that you can see up here that are, that are really good at the point of catch, even better than some guys like Pitts and Kittle. Um, And, and that's all taken into consideration with the amount of targets they're getting the air yards, the Mm -hmm. whole nine yards. So, I'm really liking what, I, what I'm seeing from, oh, that's black. It's been black the whole time. But I'm really liking what I'm seeing from uh, T-Hawk, DeAndre Swift. I think those are really two really good picks. My pick, actually, is going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame marker. I'm, I'm going back in the database, database uh, with my pick. And he's actually a tight end, too. But this is a guy that gets a high Quest score. And we talk about Quest Score, that's generated from our, our Quest Shark web app that is still in development phase. You've got to blame me for the reason why that's not been fully released yet. It's a lot of my fault because every time Sean and I do meet, whenever we do get our schedules to line up, I'm like, we should change this and this and this and this. You know, I was asking him to change stuff. I made him change so much stuff that he, ruptured a tendon in his finger like russell wilson did and he's not I even playing the football.
1: And i think a little bit it might be hard to see but you can kind of see how it's still puffy i don't know what i did to it but
0: anyway. and, and I'm, so i'm able and, to and code
1: then, now so we're good
0: yeah and so mm-hmm. uh but we do have uh we do have a web app that that uh, is definitely developing and it's part of the reason why we want to make this show something else we're going to add into this show is updates on where we're at on that and all these metrics and analysis we're pulling are going to be into this web app. So um, you know, part of the part of our purpose on the show is to give you updates around that, but also go ahead and pull out the most valuable information that you would find in that web app and give it to you. And so my pick this week is a guy that would have a is going to have a high quest score because of what he what he's done in the past, and he has done it at times this season, but his social media presence, his personality is huge. And I think you can tell. Where I'm going with this, Sean, I'm going with Rob Gronkowski from the Bucks. my guy, man, mm-hmm. right here in Tampa. It's a little bit of a, of a, you know, personal home favorite. But, you know, I haven't come to love Rob Gronkowski like the, the way I do this year uh, because he's always, you know, played on a team that's been in a different division against me. But I've always thought he was hilarious anytime I saw him on mm. TV, whether it was his party boy antics or some of the stuff he said to reporters or about when he told the Patriots they couldn't fire him because he was retiring. <laughs> you know, and the guy is a lock for the Hall of Fame. Um, let me let me share my screen yep. and, and show you what I'm looking at here on the Hall of Fame uh, marker because I was pretty amazed to see that, you know, looking at Gronk right here, He may be a slightly below average, according to the average Hall of Fame tight end marker of 98. But this Mm -hmm. is really kind of I don't know where they fully get this average number of 98, because you can see after Kellen Winslow and Gronk, it starts falling off quick. Even Kelsey's at a 77. Mm -hmm. And I think he's pretty much at that lock status for, for Hall of Fame. I mean, but looking at Gronk, he's got more Super Bowl championships than any other tight end. In NFL history, at four championships, mm-hmm. four all pro appearances, five Pro Balls, you know, 10 10 seasons to this point, and he's still playing. I know he's struggling with injuries um, the last few weeks. He had a, some great couple games at the beginning of the season. He obviously was borderline MVP in the Super Bowl last year with Tampa with Tom Brady. That chemistry is mm-hmm. still there. There's been no slowdown in Brady. Plus, you look at his social media presence and the status of him uh, outside of the field, even if he never played another game, Sean, I would feel fine investing in Gronk. And and I love because when you go back to 2010, we talk about base cards. I I think that 2010 tops Chrome is an incredible uh, base card to invest in. I think it looks really cool. It's like Gronk doing a, uh, what's that? The Heisman pose.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's always good. Like, however, players can get attention on them for a good, good attention. Obviously, meaning by like that was one of the reasons why I looked at maybe uh, Peyton Manning for like a long term Hall of Fame kind of investment because he's still relevant. He's still got the show going. People are talking.
0: John, did I lose you? <laughs> still got the show going yep he's relevant in the news
1: still hear me or
0: not oh. hey well where, your voice has come you're... back but your face has not come back oh i can that Is was that
1: my my end yeah. and yours
0: that was the thumbnail right there man we didn't even have to take a screenshot you created a screenshot for us
1: nice <laughs> <laughs> but yeah as i was saying uh like attention is what gets people to want to buy the cards, right? Uh, Now, obviously, if they're not playing on the field anymore, they can't get attention from the field. So getting attention, like Grok gets attention by his funny videos and uh, being like a um, relevant, you know, that that helps. That helps. That helps push the demand up, you know, when he brings out a funny video with his brothers or him doing a WrestleMania intro or something like that, you know. So totally, I yeah. think. Uh...
0: Yeah, and, and Gronk is one of those guys that you can, you can go outside of his rookie year uh, like Tom Brady and like his 2020 card when he had the jersey changed to the Bucs, uh, myself included. I sought after a 2020 red cracked ice prism Rod Bronkowski because mm-hmm. I wanted a part of my mm-hmm. Buccaneers collection from the 2020 uh, you know, Super Bowl season. And I think the same thing applies for any Gronk fan out there. Tampa Bay fan of course a lot of focus on his rookie card but look at the look at the the level the how low his Topps Chrome rookie cards are at right now this is Mm -hmm. undervalued this is undervalued compared to what they should be at even if this card does have a surface imperfection I'm still gonna buy this refractor I'm sorry that I missed out on it because this is a good value man
1: even the like 499 seems rare for uh for a tops chrome Gronkowski 499 like I, there was one there was 499 i don't yeah, know
0: yeah i and I, I think it even if this i see okay a little dimple right there in the middle but even with surface imperfections it's i think it's important to invest in the player and the card before investing in the grade Because these cards from 2010 are just getting more and more scarce as, you know, more and more collectors enter the market. People buying Mm -hmm. these more rare cards, sticking them in their collection. 2010 cards just aren't being ripped all the time and being put back in the marketplace. What are you seeing on Com C in terms of like 2010 or Rob Gronkowski? I kind of want to go look it up and compare
1: yeah, yeah. Um one of the one of the things I haven't gone back all the way to 2010, but I've bought uh, quite a bit of uh that 2014 2015 draft uh draft class, you know, Landry, um Robinson, um uh I'm trying to think about Evans, and in those tops and tops Chrome, and actually the tops seem to be the lower numbered like uh, uh quantity. Mm. Over the tops chrome like there's there's most in most cases there was double the tops chrome available than there was the tops base and they were pretty some of them were pretty close like I was uh, the tops chromes were cheaper because of that quantity over the the, but they're a higher desired card because of the the chrome look on them kind of thing but as for the 2010 I didn't really go back uh, that far. Because uh, usually guys that are in 2010 are not within my budget. so.
0: Yeah, I check guess, this no. out, Sean. 2010, tops Chrome, Rob Gronkowski. Right off the bat, there's very few of the refractors. And here's one that's raw. That's ComC, RCR, near mint-to-mint. I don't know if, if you know what that is. I'm not sure. But it's selling for $750. That's what they've got it listed for. And I see the best sale of hundred and eighty dollars and right now I, I could have had one on eBay for 60 bucks mm-hmm. or yeah. or his base tops chrome same card we saw on eBay anywhere from five to twenty dollars depending on if you're getting an auction or buy it now right mm-hmm. here they start at 33 and the best sale was at 6299 back in February and I know that was a back in February was a high point for uh, almost all football cards guys that were relevant in the hobby mm-hmm. but Don't you think, Sean, that if Rob Gronkowski makes a deep Super Bowl run with Tom Brady, the Buccaneers, and he's healthy, which that's like what we're trying to make sure happens. You know, that's why he hasn't played much. Mm. You know, he's not pushing himself. We want to make sure he's healthy for the playoffs, that this card at least gets up to $50, $60 back where it was in February. Oh,
1: absolutely. Like, there's no more attention than than, um, I came in just during the playoffs last year. And I can see the bump of the cards compared to what I'm paying for them now that we're in and around that January time frame. So with a personality like him, if they make it to the Super Bowl again, you know, the reporters must love him on Super Bowl week with all the the stuff he, you know, he comes out with and things like that. So definitely, I think they make another run and that's going to, going to, even cement' is, is Hall of Fame status even higher, which is going to make people want to jump on that card if it's going to be uh, selling for that cheap.
0: yeah, he's also got a Bowman Chrome, which I think looks nice, and now I'm over here on on Star stock, looking at their latest sales. He's also got a the base tops, which has got a short print variation of him catching the ball with two hands like getting like catching a laser from Brady. He's mm-hmm. got some uh, interesting autograph cards. Uh, I was going trying to see if they had. I just can't. I topic. can't
1: see it. If you got the com- see up, I can't see it on the, the. I'm still seeing the eBay.
0: Really? Yes. Um. Hold on. Oh dang, man! I gotta get better at this. Uh, this screen share thing. Uh, stop screen share. Share screen. Just share the entire screen. It's like a vortex. Like whoa! Yeah. <laughs> All right, but what I was trying to share is this. Yeah, so I was I was on Com C before Streamyard wanted to not play nice with me. So I was looking at Com C. Sorry guys, and and uh, I was looking at the the tops Chrome and the the tops Refractor. Is it seven hundred fifty dollar one? I pulled up the chart. Best sale uh, 180 back in February. And then I pulled up the chart for this tops chrome right here that starts at 33 and quickly goes up to about $90. The most expensive one, only 23 on here. Best sale 62.99 $62.99 back in February. And then I went to uh, that page. So I looked and you can see how quickly they jump up there. Mm-hmm. And then I went over to Starstock and was looking at Rob Gronkowski and I wanted to look at his tops chrome here. And you can see that there's zero for sale. So it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, more people are submitting this card to uh, StarStock. And but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still like looking at StarStock because at the end of the day, this is an actual card and you could potentially find one that we know that StarStock A's are 50, 60 percent of the time getting a PSA 10. The other 50, 60 percent of the time, I know that's more than 100, but mm-hmm. it's either getting a nine or a 10, like 90 percent of the time. And then the other ten percent of the time, it could potentially get an eight. But mm-hmm. they're doing a pretty good job, I think, of scanning Star Stock A's, and they've got more strict about it. And mm-hmm. you could always find a, a graded card on here that you can receive home, or if you're overseas, you get sent to ship my cards, and then you sell it on eBay, or ha- and have them hold it for you and sell it on eBay. So those are strategies you can take um, into account when you're, you know, cross referencing all these platforms. And then ultimately, right now, what I'm seeing is the best value for Rob Gronkowski. Is on eBay. I yep. mean, because like look at these $20 tops chrome $59.99 refractor. Are you kidding me?
1: When the base is selling for $33. Like that 491 yeah. dollars is the one that, that see, those are the kinds that I would look at. I would look at that $4.99 one, and, and that that would be a good uh, one for me that I would buy on eBay, import, get them to ship right to Calm C, and you can throw that on and easily hit under the be the lowest card on the site and you
0: know here's a chrome refractor in beautiful condition this card is so rare like this is such a a liquid Mm -hmm. card highly for gronk rookie year and it closed out with only one bid it closed out on um let's see when it closed out november 7th which was November 7th, which was Sunday at 6.41 p.m. The Bucks had a bye week. We weren't playing, not to mm-hmm. mention Gronk has been hurt. So this card only got one big, close for $149.99. Honestly, I wish I would have been looking at him last week because I would have bought this. But this is the kind of card that I really would want to have in my collection that a lot of people are going to reach for. You can see it in the sold items. And there's still ongoing auctions like this this week you know it's no, mm-hmm. there's no reason why Gronk is going to go up now when he's not playing
1: yeah yeah it's it's uh it's so much driven on um the the player getting in the highlights in the people talking about them um a prognostic prognosticator style analyst or analyst talking about them you know in the pregame shows and you know you need you need attention. That's what gets it. And big performances get attention. Um, and you know we're learning that the more the 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 performance, the 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 better the the demand we're seeing. But also the expectation has to be there. Like you know if Pat Mahomes is you know say he throws four hundred yards and three touchdowns, people are going to be like, oh you know. Prior to this year, obviously, because he's struggling a little bit. But normally people wouldn't bat an eye at him throwing a four. You know, that's the typical Pat Mahomes game. But you get like a guy like Mike White who throws a 400 game. His expectations are lower, but he's hit a higher, right? So you, you can almost you get that built-in curve of he wasn't expect- the, the, the Trying to get it out here the the higher the difference between their expectation and the output causes the bigger demand, right? So that's mm. why with my budget flipping, I've targeted a lot of speculative guys because they're the guys that are going to see the highest percentage of uh, growth when they do break out. The problem is you got to guess right if they're going to break out or not. Not every one of them is going to break out. Not every one of them's going to be a superstar or even, you know, to a starter level, that's where the hit and miss is. And you gotta, you know, you gotta do your due diligence, your background and, um, you know, uh, look out up all the information, but those are the guys that you see, right. The Pat Mahomes effect is I call it where, you know, 2017 is based on Russ's 10 bucks or seven bucks. Right. And now it's 400, right. Everybody wants that big, gap they want to buy you know and then have a a card go to you know skyrocket well the best way to do that is by specking speculation guys guys that are low-key nobody's talking about nobody knows about and then they come out of the the woodwork you know
0: like this guy right here t higgins this is this is my second pick for today and then we'll let you Absolutely. guys get out of here this was a guy i wrote up last week in my auction sniper article sean and he had a couple nice deep catches, but overall the Bengals lost. Joe Burrow had a very bad game, and right now, T. Higgins is very much taking a back seat to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. However, T. Higgins was an absolute stud in college, yeah. and this guy is very good at the point of catch um, and looking at his his core metrics. so like when I look at uh, wide receiver core metrics and just sort by uh, let me find Mr. Mr. Higgins here on my core metrics. So I've got core metrics pulled up. I've got it sorted by draft pick. You see Calvin Johnson right here mm-hmm. on the top, bona fide Hall of Famer. And, and you're right, going back to your point about investing in your Swift and Hawkinson are very speculative because they're far from being Hall of Fame locks, and they yeah. they but they're breakout fantasy players any given week. And if the mm-hmm. Lions can start, you know, Definitely, they're going to have a high draft capital, like you're saying. They're going to have very good draft pick again next year. So they should continue to build that team up. They're in a rebuild mode. So whether it's next year or the year after, this is why it's so important to when you're spending the money on cards to use it in from a budget pool. That's for entertainment purposes. Right. You know, exactly. Yes. Long term. That allows you
1: to be able to, you know, um, to be able to hold on to stuff and, and not, you know. Again, when I first started, though, I was in a big rush to sell everything because I wanted to buy more. And But now I've built up probably between the two platforms, uh, you know, close to 17, 1800 cards. So I've got that. I don't have to rush out and buy stuff now. I have inventory to sell in case I don't have money to put in or they can go in conjunction if I have money because we're getting up to the christmas here and you know um i got two young kids that and you know want, want the christmas gifts and and uh we just got two new kittens in the house they need to be shots and they need to get uh neutered and you know so i can't I don't, i'm gonna have less money to, to throw over but now that i have those that inventory built up i can now lean on that a little bit instead of trying to get the, the, the flavor of the week or what's going to be next week. You know, it's, it's hard to, to um, pick who's going to be the, the biggest breakout next week, a week before you kind of got to get them ahead of time. Like when I, when I did my flips on Mike white, I bought them in August. I didn't buy them just after Zach Wilson went down. Right. I bought them back in August. Now, could have Zach Wilson played the whole game and Mike White never stepped on the field. Absolutely. It just didn't work out that way for that particular player. Like, for example, I bought um, some Colt McCoy because he was super cheap and he's a backup to Kyler. Well, he played last week. Well, he didn't do, you know, he, the, you know, they play, he played well, but he didn't yeah. blow up or anything like that. So I didn't sell any of the cards that I had.
0: He was efficient. But the thing, the, the, <clears throat> the problem with that is we all knew that it was only going to be a game maybe two max that he gets to play. It wasn't like Kyler was benched per uh, per poor performance Mm -hmm. or he was playing bad. Kyler was playing at MVP level where like Zach Wilson was playing. It might as well have been his mom out there throwing the football. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yes. So there's potential that Mike White could have played himself into the position. But definitely Colt McCoy is probably not going to be able to play himself into to beat out Kyler Murray. So I, so, do you I, have
0: any PJ Walker?
1: No, I didn't get any. He's again, one of those guys that's got very little cards. So like his optic autos, I think the only one of the only ones out there and they were in the $20 range. So that's a little bit too much for me to spec on. You know, I don't, I wouldn't mind. I, I could spend $20 on a card of a player that I know is good and established and stuff like that. But to, to spend $20 on a card for me, for a guy that I don't even know if he's going to play. It's, it's a little bit on that. That's why I'm, I'm done a lot of spec because the, most of the guys are in the, the, you know, a, a quarter of the cost of, of most guys, you know, they're, you know, 25 cents when everybody's a dollar or they're, you know, a dollar when everybody else is five because, you know um, so uh, there's been a couple guys like that with Darren. same thing with Darren Waller. Um, he was originally a Raven, the Ravens drafted him. Or um, I'm sure. Yeah, I think they drafted him. Um, anyway, he was their first team, and he had some issues with uh, alcoholism. Um, so the team let him go because of that, and that forced him to get into uh, into rehab and, and straighten his life out. And then that's when he signed with with Oakland, kind of thing. But he doesn't have a ton of cards. So I bought uh, one of his cards. I think it was. Um. A leaf, I think it was, or something like that, because the other ones were just too expensive. They were out without my budget. And I'm, again, I'm not going to go into my bank account and pull another $20 out to buy a card for a spec. Like, like I have $20. That's what I have. You know what I mean? That's what, whatever I can put out that $20 is it, you know, or $30. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes I have a great week and I can put 50 bucks, I can load 50 bucks on my C or have 50 bucks available to buy stuff on eBay and kind of thing like that. So I have to be very uh, uh, pick and choose, and and now that I'm I'm doing stuff more for uh, a long term than I was originally, I can sit back and wait until I hit my goal prices. Like um, you know, I've been targeting uh, J.K. Dobbs and Cam Akers a lot because of the injury, and their people are going to be down on there, but they're. Um, quality, you know, quality backs. They're very good backs. They're on good teams. They're on, you know, teams that are going to be playoff contenders, on teams that are going to be Super Bowl contenders. So I've been picking and choosing and picking up like, uh, you know, their prison bases for a dollar or under, you know. And I know their prison base, and I know there's a scatter them out of everywhere. But if Nick Chubb prison base is selling for fifteen dollars, I don't see why Cam Akers can't sell for five when he's playing. And Ellie's in the, the hunt for the playoffs and stuff like that, right? There's, so if I'm buying about a dollar, that's five times what I expect them to sell for kind of thing. So um, I'm very, being very picky on the price I'm getting. So like if I'm, if my target's a dollar and the, the card's a dollar 10, I'm not buying it. I'm, I'm waiting until it comes to a dollar. You know, I'm trying to be very soon uh, because I have that limited budget and I can't just buy whatever I want, you know, I'd love to be able to, I'd love to, you know, I've seen a couple of Brad's videos with him, uh, you know, $10,000 in his account, you know, like I'd love to wake up and have 10 K in my account and I would go nuts. I'd probably have it empty by the end of the day, but, but that, you know, I, I just don't have, so I have to be very pick and choose it. So um, taking an amount and sticking to that amount is the way I kind of weed out not spending all my money in in one particular spot. So if I'm comfortable, okay, if I know this is a dollar, and if it's a, then I just buy. It. I don't need to hum and haw about it. If it's over a dollar, I leave it. If it's under a dollar, I buy. It. You know, it's that's just an there example, go, but that's kind of the thing yeah. I the the thing I'm trying to do. And sometimes I miss out on some opportunities, and sometimes I don't. You know.
0: Like, yeah, man, that is a, a fantastic strategy. I love that you stick to your guns. You stick to your your budget that we've talked about. This has been a fantastic episode one guys, go check out Sean's uh, YouTube channel. You can find him over at Raven invest on YouTube and we appreciate your support. We'll see you next week back with another one. We're going to continue to get better and better at these on a weekly basis. And we'll have, um, please open it up. Leave us any comments you want suggestions, uh, show name ideas or ideas. You want to see us, uh, touch on the show. But until then, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.